With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, welcome back into the Letterman Lounge. The sign is still missing. I think there's probably a reward for Popular. it. Maybe, maybe it's because I was gone last week and Berm seemingly Berm got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotta watch him. That's Spencer Holbrook, Justin Zwick, Bobby Carpenter. I'm Austin Ward. We're back. This is a fun casual conversation about Ohio State and college football. It's Letterman Live. It's brought to you by Roosters. If you're going to come hang out here tomorrow on Appetizer mm. Tuesday, Bob, Ooh, what, it, yeah. what can they get? Oh, look look at these delicious, mm. scrumptious, warm, tasty, mm. gooey mac and cheese bites. <laughs> They're so amazing. So that is the featured appetizer to, for Appetizer Tuesday at Roosters. Two bucks all day long. Mm. They're dining, so good. Dining only. It's, it's like mac and cheese. In a little nugget form. I mean, we're gonna you take- your hands don't get dirty. You just yeah. pick it up and you go. So much easier. It is. Well, and you still get dirty if you eat it like berm, which is dousing it with hot sauce. Oh well, that's yeah. Berm, berm, that's why he's not invited. Not back this week. <laughs> he must not have. He must have let you guys down. He told us he took that, duties last. He week. took that picture, and he was going to go drop it off up in Ann Arbor, oh. over at uh, Schembechler Hall or whatever. The, bef- well, until before they, they changed the put name. it over they top changed. of the new sign that they have. I mean, when they they already just took off Yost, which I I didn't realize that was a thing, and I looked that up. I'm like, okay, so he's down. Um, Shem Schembechler looks like he might be waning yeah. as there's more stuff that they're digging into up there, and who knows what they'll find and if there's anything even happened. But eventually, it comes down to like perception of it. I mean, is that something you still want up there? I don't. I don't. They got their own. We've had enough problems down here. I'm gonna let everyone else deal with their own and just hey. try to stay out of it. But I think he, Burma's gonna drop that up there to them so that they can get a little little scarlet in the facility. Well, they're looking for a lot of new ways to motivate, right? I mean, yeah. finally, <laughs> like seems like they want to yeah. take it seriously. Well, Jim Harbaugh finally realized the definition of the insanity is the repet- repetition of an act with the expectation of a different result. And so, after so many years, and thankfully. Maybe he took this year to reflect yeah. and said, I don't think I can have another Wait, It took toe. being a 30-point underdog in the game? <laughs> I wish that would have. I mean, gosh, I almost wish that would have happened. 30 points. I mean, the line wasn't even high enough. It really yeah. wasn't. And you know Ryan was going to go out there and mm-hmm. try to hang 100 was the term that was thrown earlier in the year. I guarantee you that there's a lot of that still in, in the barrel. Now, maybe offensively, or, or will they be quite as good? We'll have to see. But I know last year they would have had the capabilities to probably score touchdowns every possession. So do you have enough to get to 100? That's the real question. <laughs> there are enough times. Is there enough time? While Jim Harbaugh's running three straight, <laughs> yes, three running straight dives. Yeah, they're bleeding the clock in the first quarter. I, it's crazy, Jay-Z. We were talking about this the other day that uh, Brady Hoke calling Ohio State Ohio was actually more of an effort at embracing the rivalry than anything Jim Harbaugh, who was famously part of it, has used in the last six or seven years. You know, it just seems... <laughs> I think Tress was really the one that came in and started the whole thing, kind of thinking about, you know, how many days away it was. There's a clock in the Woody Hayes of the next time we play them. I don't know how any new coach doesn't come in and say, man, we got to make this into something, you know, and you, Brady Hope tried, um, you know. Strangely and dumbly. Yeah, well, it, you know, that was what it was, but he's, <laughs> at, least, he at least tried something, yeah. yes. I mean, it was at least saying, you know, maybe they didn't talk about that long. First idea, we'll call him Ohio. Great. I like it. Let's keep going. But when Harbaugh comes in, I, I don't understand how he doesn't drill down 
especially with the way that that rivalry has gone since Tressel came into town. You know, I mean, they had not been on that winning side, and you, you would think he would, you know, drill down on it and really try and make it into something, bring these signs right away. Hey, this is the most important game we play every year. We got to go out and win. We got to be doing things every day to get better to beat them. You just didn't do it, and then. You know, all these years later, finally, man, it clicked. And you, you think you'd get something better from that, from, from a guy who's been in the league and been bouncing around a little bit. I guess in, in looking at, too, with, you know, Ohio State and you know, how they fared against Brady Hoke, I feel like, I know Harbaugh's had, you know, they had the overtime game, obviously. and you know, Just watched that yesterday. Yeah, and, you know, whether, you know, the JT, you know, fourth down. But I feel like Brady, on average, over four years, had more competitive games. Am I mm-hmm. wrong in saying that, or is that is well, that just la- in my mind? His last one was also an overtime game, the 2013 game in Ann Arbor, where you know they were a they were a terrible team, mm-hmm. and he was justly mm-hmm. fired. But you know the quarterback wore number 98, right? That was that year, Gardner. Yeah, God. they were a two point conversion away from beating mm-hmm. Ohio State in 2013. That was his last year. They fired him after that. Right? Wasn't that? I believe uh, so. No, because I think Harbaugh was a, Harbaugh got well, he won in what 14. 12, right? No, he won the 11. 2011. Or the 11. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because then. So you could say that he is far more successful than Jim Harbaugh yeah. because he has a win. <laughs> he has a win. He has one win. No doubt. And almost one point shy of another. Yeah, nearly. He went one. for it. I nearly mean, you know, what? good for him. 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 He went for it back then. You know, that was great. And if you do think about it, with with Brady Hoke and the whole Ohio thing, it did get under Ohio State fans' skin. Like, like that's not Ohio. It's Ohio State. Like, get it right. <laughs> so he did have a little bit of something going. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Jim Harbaugh's idea. It was not Jim Harbaugh's idea to put the what are you doing to beat Ohio State because he has shown no willingness to change on the rivalry uh, for years. And then all of a sudden he gets a new coaching staff, and then that's when it happens. I think it's somebody from that defensive staff who's like, listen, man, you suck in this game. We've got to do something to figure this out. Let's start to motivate him. Well, it may be someone from the recruiting staff who mm-hmm. is recognizing the reality and you're starting to have official visitors in there and they're going to see the weight room and – you know, you have to at least maybe pay some lip service to. We know that we're lagging behind, and like, yeah, we've been telling. Come our, help us be the change. We've been, yeah, we've been telling all of our guys in the weight room. You know, this is we're going to track them down. We're going to turn. But I think Spencer's right about that because Jim Harbaugh has been pretty consistently. Uh, basically, every game is important, and he almost refuses to say that he has to. Well, he refuses that to change anything, not let alone you know his thought process on the Ohio State game. I mean. The way they recruit up there, you think they would have better. I mean, because they, they have some decent recruiting classes, but it's not. You're not seeing it on the field, and I think that's just because he's stuck in his ways and wants to coach a certain, you know, type of football, and that's not how it goes nowadays. So what's interesting, Brady Hokey won his first year in 2011, um, 26, 21, and 12, mm-hmm. 42, 41, and 13, and then you know 42, 28. Oh, so he got 14. one more shot, yeah. But those are close I mean, games, though. Those are close. You've got a win. You've got one point. You've got another one possession. Well, I mean, the 14 game was close. JT goes down. Cardinals yes. got to come yeah. in and finish that. And, out. Uh, yeah, I think it was a fourth and one. Ezekiel Elliott, like 40-yard touchdown run, or else Michigan would have gotten the ball back with a chance to tie the game toward the end. I mean, he was very competitive in those games. And then you look now, and it's it just not. And Harbaugh was at the beginning, but it's, it's Brady was still competitive towards the end. I mean, this thing has gotten stretched now mm-hmm. to the point where – you know, there, there's some concern, like talent-wise. You can put up all the motivation you want in this world. I mean, you, at some point, there is a talent and execution yep. standard that has to be met before motivation can actually get it done. Well, the last time these two teams actually played, he was denying that the gap existed, as if 62-39 didn't <laughs> just happen. <laughs> uh, he's, number. you know, and he's a smart guy. 
I, he's he's super awkward with the media. He's bizarre to listen to, but you you know that he couldn't have got to where he was without being pretty driven and pretty intelligent. So, right? I mean, I know a lot of people that get to, it's the Peter and Paul principle. I mean, you get promoted to the point to where you're no longer equipped yeah. to do your job. Yeah. But this guy was he did his job. I mean, he was good the, at Stanford. Now he went to the Super Bowl. Now he had well, okay. luck was there when he was at Stanford, right? <laughs> so that's so that's a generational type guy. Started looking at it a little bit. Got that Stanford job. He has luck, and they recruited some guys around him. But he also yeah, had Shaw player. was his offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. who I think did a pretty good job mm-hmm. with it. And then he goes to San Fran, lighting had, a bottle with the cap. But they for had a, a year and they had a low. Dude, Alex Smith, who people can say what oh, they gosh, want. Yeah. Alex Smith was a he's really a player, man. He's a really good NFL quarterback. They had Cap, who say what you want about him, also had a unique set of skills and was a very effective NFL quarterback. And they had one of the best rosters in the NFL because Mike Singletary couldn't seem to win. They were drafting great players every year, but somehow they didn't get any better. And so he had all this stuff in front of him and he was able to get it done. And yeah, I, I liked some of his play calls and some of the things that he had done, but I mean, my goodness, man, it just... I don't know. I thought that he was a really good coach. And, and like everybody else, what he was going to do and change his stuff. But like, and maybe Justin, like you said, it's just his unwillingness to adapt and yeah. change. Like, this may have worked 10 years ago. I need to reinvent myself a little well, bit. And I think, I think the weirdness of Jim Harbaugh kind of comes into play. I, I think Stanford was probably, mm, okay. You know, we got Shaw here. He's going to come in and fill for you. Because California is weird. Stanford is. Well, yeah, it's there. And then, you know, he goes to San Francisco. High achievers. Yeah, and they no basically wanted him out. Stanford, <laughs> we have a lot of Stanford people. Yeah, they're they're going to be coming strong. B Carp. It's three, B-carp right? three yeah. for next week if you want to. <laughs> no one cares about Stanford that's watching this. And if, even if you tweeted it out, nobody would really even care no, as well. They would, yeah. like, that's actually dead on here, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, it is. But I think I think some of that comes into play, and that's where you're almost at the Michigan point. And I thought last year kind of would have been it, where maybe he's just kind of rubbed everybody up there wrong, and they're ready to go in another direction. But they seem to be tied to him to life for whatever reason, because I don't think he's really shown. I mean, they're getting beat by teams that they shouldn't be getting beat by on a year in year out basis. They, got, they, they Michigan well, State field goal missed, missed field goal away from losing to Rutgers. Should have lost that game mm-hmm. several times. Mm-hmm. And Michigan State Mich- beat them Michigan handily. Was, was it, was ba- it was bad. With Rocky. With, with, the, Rocky. Great, with the great Rocky Lombardi. And they would have lost by, you know, 65 here. Yes. Conservatively. 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 Yeah, that's so, conservatively. So how – I don't know how you could have kept him. Like, COVID saved his job and gave him this restart, and then everyone went crazy about the recruiting classes. Whoop, they're all decommitting. They got the five-star a few months ago. Building they? the roster. They're all going in the portal. Mm-hmm. Make a new – you know, splashy defensive coordinator hire. He leaves for Buffalo. They're like, this is what you get. This is what you're going to stick with this Signed guy? Signed up for it, you know. Signed up for it. It's a musical chairs of coaching staff right now and recruiting department guys, and you just had a guy leave for Mississippi State because you didn't really want to fire him, and it's like, okay, we'll find a landing spot for you. We'll bring a new guy in. That's going to rejuvenate everything. The thing about Harbaugh that's crazy to me is even when he changes, he doesn't change correctly. Like, they talked about defensively they were going to change after 62-39. We're going to go to more bracket coverage. We're going to change the defense, and they're just advertising exactly what they're going to do. So you give Ryan Day, Brian Hartline, Kevin Wilson – few months and it's like hey they're gonna go bracket coverage we're gonna do this and score 56 on them and then that's exactly what happened and so even when they change it's it's like just because you change doesn't mean you evolve and they just seem to change from like a b minus to a b minus they don't really elevate anything because they change well part of that reason is uh spencer i was gonna call you chives i should have <laughs> yeah um, part, part of that no reason is with that 
is I don't think it's the telegraphing of it because you're going to watch and see what they. Yeah, do you're going to see. Film. Yeah, you got enough game film. Either you can have really great players and do one or two things really well, or you have to have guys who are you know good players, but you have to be able to kind of have some confusion there. I haven't seen Michigan either run enough stuff to where their players are put in better situations because you don't know exactly what they're going to be in. It's like, okay, we'll go from single high to bracket. Well, bracket has weakness too. Like everything has some weaknesses. And if that's the only thing you're going to do, you better have great players who can just line up and win. And they haven't had that. And that's been the main issue. Like Ohio State, yeah, they can line up and play single high because you have two first-round corners. That makes it easy. Like Bama can do that. And they still change stuff up and confuse you. And so that's what I'm watching Michigan like, it kind of looks predictable out there, and you don't have good enough players not to be predictable. Well, I don't even care about defense. You, you look at Harbaugh coming in, he's an offensive guy. Oh, he, and what was it for the first four, you know, how, however many for, years? The quarterback. He just doesn't have his quarterback yet. You know, he doesn't have the guy that he needs in his system. It's just like, all right, we're year, what, seven or whatever into this. He still doesn't have his quarterback. How many recruiting classes has he been through? Well, because he wasn't even taking recruits. He was plucking them out of the portal. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, Jake Rudock wasn't the solution yeah. here? We'll or go get Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson, yeah. like – Real stunner here. And the other part of it, Bob, that you brought up with having the really good players is that Harbaugh a lot of times seems to be running away from the rivalry, even in recruiting, basically just conceded the state of Ohio. Yeah. They've let Ohio State come in and get a bunch of players that they really wanted from Michigan. And they're like, you know what? We're going to build a pipeline to um, Massachusetts. Yes. Because <laughs> that is the epicenter of college yeah. football. So since Berm's not here to talk about that, Spencer, you're going to have to pick up the slack there. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really know where to start with that. You, you, you want to? You, everybody has recruiting strategies, and every time a program goes down and around the country, Ohio State goes in and starts to pluck players out of it. And you see that in Michigan right now. Every program in the country, the top guys from Michigan are going elsewhere because that's the way recruiting works. Well, then Michigan says, "Okay, we have all this area. We could find you know Tennessee's down. We could start to go into Tennessee and build that pipeline. You can you can go down to Georgia and get the guys that Georgia doesn't want because there are hundreds of them there. Nope." We're going to get on the plane. We're going to go to Massachusetts. We're going to go to New Hampshire. We're going to go to Connecticut. And it's like, well, no one else is recruiting. For every, for every one quitty pay that you get out of Connecticut, who is a really good player, you're going to get five guys who cannot play at all in the Big Ten and should be playing at UMass and Temple and, and UNH and those kind of places. <laughs> so, no offense to Ryan Day. Wow. He played at UNH. But you know that, that's the caliber of player that's, that's up there. It's not going to always be a guy like quitty pay. It just doesn't make sense to me to even – give you know a lot of time up there spencer jumps on for one week and just trashes ryan day's alma mater <laughs> what's, his, what's his twitter we got people coming after him now i saw that sticking picture, up for day yeah college picture of ryan day. he looked he looked nasty he looked mean yeah such a such a scowl on his comes face. in that huddle they're they're paying attention to him i love it <laughs> so are you guys as former players like i don't know do you appreciate that they're maybe going to try <laughs> to embrace the rivalry because it it had to be an I don't know if annoying is the right word. You like winning it every single year. But the appreciation like on the other side though. of the border doesn't seem to be the same. I look at it like this with what they're trying to do. is Allegedly trying to allegedly do. Allegedly trying to do. It's basically like, you know, in college when you, know, you don't really have any restrictions on your life. And so, you know, your parents are going out there. So you can kind of do whatever you want. So you're left to your own devices. And... You know, maybe you're on a four or five day party bender and like Sunday night rolls around. You're like, I'm never drinking again. <laughs> but all of a sudden, Wednesday starts back up and it's like 75 degrees outside. And like, hey, just walking by this patio mm. and you just kind of maybe meander. Yeah, it well, might not even be Wednesday. It could be Tuesday for that matter. Be Tuesday. <laughs> so you really just had like a day and a half of sobriety. Could be Sunday afternoon. And so <laughs> yeah, it could be Sunday afternoon. 
hey, you going to the pool party? Uh, Yep. (laughs) I guess that's where it is. Like, you're starting it now. Like, you probably should have done this at the beginning and had a little better plan. Yeah, it sounds good in theory, but is this reality going to line up? Like, if they were going to do this too, they should have done it like, hey, January 1. Right after yeah. this is our off season program. You don't drop this thing in in June before like, the recruits come. Yeah, like, <laughs> the off season's basically over. I mean, you have like six weeks left to tune these guys up for the summer. The work was done in winter yeah. and spring ball. Recruits are like, so have you guys not been trying to beat Ohio State for the last <laughs> six months, or just the sign is up now? That, all right, last we get six it. months. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> Twenty yeah, years. Yeah, it's Bob. You work out all all fall, all winter, and then all of a sudden the spring rolls around. Oh crap! Warm, we forgot warm about that. weather. You start going to the breweries. You start going to the patios. Yeah. You start eating bad. Right two. Weeks before you go on vacation, it's like, oh man, I got to get this body back in shape. Got to do it. Now. God, I wonder who he's talking about who was just on vacation. What are you willing to do? Well, I'm to going do on that. vacation in two weeks, so that's, I, mean, I think I'm talking about myself. I told okay. you, I can get you there. It, I mean, it'll be painful, but I mean, if you want to, I could <laughs> probably, trying to look like Bob. I get could that talk, salad. To, talk to Jim. Like, listen, dude, we're going to have to keep our shirt on during camps. We're not mm. going to be staying the night. Whatever happened to him going to sleepovers at dude's houses? Kickers. Was that, was that Kickers not houses. An effective strategy climbing trees? Did I, I wanted to <laughs> like him. Was that a mistake? Should I not have done that? I got a lot of attention. That's where Jesse called him weird. I go, when he first got there, like, it's quirky because well, yeah, we think quirky, this guy's yeah. good. Yeah. But then he just becomes the weirdo yeah. because that's kind of all he is. Oh, I watched that when they went over to wherever they went. Uh, where'd they go? Italy. Italy. I, I watched that because I, wa- I, I want to like him and I want him to do good up there so we can have a, an awesome game at the end of the year. But I got through a couple episodes, and I can't do it anymore. This guy is strange. I mean, he's wearing cleats to the Vatican. I mean, like, this is like, what are you doing, dude? It is. He's he's just out there. And I think high school kids start to see that, and they're just like, man, this guy is just strange all the time. I don't want to go play for him. Yeah. There was a two-week period in two straight Junes where Ohio State's having official visitors and two-day camps and one-day camps. Michigan's over in at the Vatican shaking now, hands with the, the Pope, and it's like, Life experiences yeah. from Michigan are cool, but every single Wednesday, Ohio State does it. Real life Wednesday, you don't uh, need to go to the in November. Those yeah. Saturdays are cool when we whoop up on them. <laughs> have have fun at exactly. the Vatican. <laughs> I would have traded in. I would have traded in wow. real life Wednesday to go to Italy. We didn't get to any trips. <laughs> we didn't have anything like the basketball. We didn't have real life Wednesday. Yeah, but Bob, you guys got gold pants. We got to go to Scottsdale. Four you, out of five times. I mean, they didn't even let them sell them anymore at the end. And here's the other <laughs> thing too. Not anymore. They they also started holding all your stuff now. Keep in mind, I have all my gear, all my stuff. But they started holding all that till you were a senior because they're like, we can't risk somebody selling. I'm like, so I got this, but it's in your like lockbox until I finally graduate. Here you go, buddy. Here's all Here your stuff. Here it is. Now you can go do with it what you want. Please don't sell it. But Well, you know what? I mean, Michigan took all that money. They're really smart. They're going to spend it on jewelry, spend it on trinkets, watches, championship yeah. rings. No. Don't need those. We're going to Italy. We're going to spend it on your vacation. That'd be great. I would love. Like, listen, you know what? That'd be great. That trip was not a bad trip for those guys. No doubt. They had an awesome Just time. But you guys got this pile. Listen, we're about life They still got to play the game. <laughs> exactly. You know? Here's the, hey, imagine this. And for, for winter conditioning, we're going to go two weeks down to the Bahamas. Oh. I'll, hey, coach, I'll be, up hmm. at, I'll be up at six every day. We yeah. can do that. I'll hit the beach, be part having a good time on the beach the rest of the day. You can do some virtual schooling or whatever. Uh, As a high school kid, boo, I'm all in. Sign me up. It's it's cold right now, but we like to get you guys warm. Vitamin D infusion, we hear it helps you out during your workouts. That'd be nice. Amazing. I would have signed. Instead of 6 a.m. inside the Woody. Oh. Terrible. Scraping my car with a credit card in the morning because <laughs> someone stole my ice scraper out of there. People don't realize what that's like. I mean, in college, you're not you don't have the parking garages and crap. No. Living on campus, man, 
trying to chip it off with my hand. It's bleeding because the ice is cutting me. Try Laramie, Wyoming, my friend. I didn't, this this <laughs> yeah, rivalry, rivalry uh, discussion didn't go exactly the way I thought it would to end, but that's what happens on Letterman Live. It gets off the rails early. We're going to take a quick break, regroup, and then we'll probably do that again later on. <laughs> Roosters is one of the unique companies that we deal with. They're involved in everything we do, from our personal foundation to also the Cancer Research Fund. And that's from the Buckeye Cruise from Cancer to all the events leading up to the Buckeye Cruise they donate back to different organizations that are near and dear to their heart. And we're so fortunate to have been with Roosters now for a long, long time. All the folks at Roosters are just genuinely kind folks, and they want to make a difference. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. All right, welcome back to Letterman Live. It's brought to you by Roosters. Appetizer Tuesday is coming up. Mm, mac and cheese mac bites and cheese. for $2. And after talking about... An organization that seems to have no clue what it needs to do to fix things. Let's talk about another one. The NCAA <laughs> college from bad to worse. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, I can see maybe a solution down the road once Jim Harbaugh's gone for Michigan, but the college football playoff committee seems to just be making things worse for itself. I won't speak for you guys. I think that the 12-game proposal, if it goes through, which you have to think it will, they wouldn't have gone this far down the road. They didn't think the support was there. All the big-time players endorsed this thing. Anybody you thought could have been a holdout, I'm like, they're on board. They're, they're on board. Except the Rose Bowl, of course, because they're going to try and you know make their own, their own sweetheart deal in the end. I think 12 is the worst option that would have been on the table. I don't like it. Uh, I think 8 was so clearly the right solution mm-hmm. for all the problems that were plaguing this. And if you didn't like 8, then 16 was going to address some of the things that are weak in the 12. And they just were like, no, neither of those. <laughs> let's let's do twelve, and that's gonna be great. People will love it, and you'll get to see some really super exciting five versus twelve. Get last year, I was talking. But about they get by the first four. Get a bye week, Austin. Is that not good? Who cares? Would, okay, we'll talk about this. You like it? Do you I'm like twelve? I'm just asking questions. <laughs> yes, the bye I think is even dumber okay. because what is what is the problem right now? with the number that's in the college football playoff. Well, the argument comes down to five power five conferences. Yeah. Okay? You couldn't figure out how to make that math work because it doesn't. So now you're going to have the same argument. Just drop the Pac-12 you ex- off. You ex- well, fine. Do that. I don't care. They're not going to be in the top four anyway. <laughs> but you're, this, you had this argument over who should be four. Now you're, you have the same argument. You expanded the field, and you still are going to have to debate four and five with the bye and have panic and outrage, which I guess is great for college football, which has always thrived on the chaos and, and idiocy. Uh, of not settling it on the field. It was so easy. The path is right there for qualification. If you want to make the regular season meaningful, great. Keep the conference championships important. Have those six qualifying bids and only two at-large spots. What do they do? Now they made it six at-large spots that you have to talk about and then devalued the regular season, which they were supposed to be trying to protect. I, I don't understand yeah, how they found Yeah, but there'll be more meaningful games. You know, when you see across in, the country, Indiana will. and Purdue sure. playing. Oh, yeah, I can't you, wait. You know that there's going to be probably like hey, 100,000 people locked in watching it. Indiana's going to be a top 15 I, team this year. It I, will be. That's yeah. my point. Uh, that will be a real game at the end be. of the yeah, season. You're right. I understand that part of, of bringing back the significance to the rest of the country, but you know what would have done that? Getting those six conference championships and locking them in, then your Pac-12 is always represented, they're always in the field, mm-hmm. and their regular season becomes extremely valuable. I know that this problem is more specific to Ohio State or Alabama or Clemson, but the game, which we just spent all this time, time talking about, what are you going to do to to win in late November? For Ohio State, right now, it's really not going to matter beyond the rivalry. They'll have to 
bring their own juice and want the gold pants because they're going to make the playoff no matter what. That's almost the problem now as I look at it. I mean, Bama, Clemson, Ohio, so there's like a handful of teams at the top. You lose one game, you're still getting in. Yeah. Lose two you games, they're still going to get in. You lose two, you're probably still getting in. 12 is a lot. I understand what I, I would listen to the logic for someone when they're like, if you go eight and you have the five five power fives, you do one non-AQ, non yeah, One who five. had a good year and they're undefeated or whatever. And the problem is like, well, if you get Notre Dame in there, well, now you only have one at large spot. And so the SEC doesn't like that because we already get two teams in anyway. If we're going to expand this thing, we want to try to make sure that we're getting three, you know, and if it's second Big Ten, like, so I understand that. I don't, I think it was still would have been fine. No one's always going to be happy. I don't think if you're the 24th ranked team in the country and you win your conference, and this year was a little bit unique because of the limited mm-hmm. number of games the Pac-12 played, but you're three and two, you should be able to, to qualify to go play and then play for a national championship. So I, I don't know if eight would have been a better solution. If they'd have to figure out how to automatically qualify these teams through their conference because I don't, I'm not a huge fan of just if you won your conference because the asymmetry and the size and someone could have an injury and just on any given day, it could you could have a team get upset due to a multitude of factors and weather being another one of them that's you know really big. So I don't. I like the home sites. I like home sites for five through uh, five. Yeah, running. How I mean, for those who don't know, yeah, you're, do you so the Big Ten championship game. Still happens. So the top four seeds, those people that are going to have the buys, those are designated for conference champions only. So they're trying to preserve the importance of that. So you still have that game after the Michigan game. So the team would still play them Mm -hmm. because there would be a lot of incentive not to. Is it the next week after the playoff starts? They're going to have to. Two weeks after. It's It's two weeks after. Two weeks after. They're going to be. It's going to be a breakneck pace because it's four rounds and the the quarterfinals. That's the thing I was thinking of. With I mean, it's going to play right through December because you got all these extra teams. The quarterfinals would be on New Year's Day, I believe. Keep the Rose Bowl happy because of the sunset, you know. Yeah, the most well, important thing in college football uh, is the Rose Bowl. Is I, I will tell you this. If you try to cram college football down my throat again on New Year's Eve, I'm about ready to lose my mind. These people listening to whoever it was, Bowlesby or one of the – we're going to own New Year's Eve for college football. Hey, you're a moron is what you are. Well, I understand well, you're paid a lot of money. own New Year's Eve. Yeah. <laughs> Every dude's like, hey, we're going to watch college football all day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Their wife's like, hey, we're going to go out to dinner tonight or yeah, go do whatever. Something, yeah. And you always acquiesce that. If you try to then circumvent that and throw some mm-hmm. other stuff in there, you're not going to be – you'll get the hardcore fan, but you're not going to get the average fan, which is what – why Ohio State, when you have 28, 30 million people watching some of these games, that's why it happens. Well, And Bob, that's one of my biggest frustrations with this. When you look at the format that they propose, uh, and Spencer was alluding to this with the dates and still trying to be on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve with the Rose Bowl. New Year's Day. Like, it doesn't – the fact that they continue to kowtow to these – these bowl organi- organizers who are because they irrelevant. get a lot of stuff from. Them. I know, but they you're have not to, on the take, so you don't. They're not losing anything. Of course, yeah, exactly. but I've been through. I've been covering this long enough to know how that works and why they didn't leave it alone. But if you're gonna move into the future with Oops. a successful product, you have to cut the ties to the past. Australia, no, cut the ties to the past. Coach. The bowls are not. I'm the, floored, the players. My are pocket. My up. pocket's getting them light. If I'm one of guess those guys, gonna, about guess who's gonna put it in their pocket? ESPN. Yeah, but that doesn't go straight to the ads. You don't get the sweet trips. They come out there and. <laughs> Grease you up and just rub you off. And, I mean, I'm telling you, man, it's like the IOC, these bowl committees. It's like the freaking International Com- Olympic Committee. Well, they, they have- There's so much corruption, and they guys come on, they give these jobs to people.
Bowl. I mean, it's insanity. I know the Fiesta Bowl organizer, which is the best, there. by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they had to finally rein that in. This dude was making a million dollars to operate one game a year, but so the, had to pay a lot of people though. Yeah. He paid himself a million dollars. I and don't care about paid the rest. a lot of other people. No. Off, off book money. Yeah, well, <laughs> Battle Frog. <laughs> the McDonald's really bags. Got their, he had his own McDonald's bags. Battle Frog and PlayStation really got their money. Why do you think they deal. tried to get Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl as much as they did? I'm every year. well aware of why, and, I, I, and that's what drives this whole thing. That's the biggest frustration is continuing to rely so heavily on the Bulls. Like, if you're the number one seed, you're Ohio State, what would you – you want the buy – and then you want to go to the neutral site? What what happened to your opportunity to play a college well, football playoff game? You're also you? losing fifteen to eighteen million dollars of a home site revenue. Exactly. So it's like Jack because Sporbic. they're going to have the quarterfinals and the semifinals in those same six bowls that are already in the CFP. There's no there's no reason for that. They don't. There's nothing they're supplying oh. that couldn't be replaced easily on the open market or by playing these games in what is your most appealing part of college football, which is the horseshoe, which is Bryant Denny Stadium, which is the swamp, Death Valley. You're telling me that those games in the quarterfinals, or if somebody had to come north to play, yeah. if Alabama had to come north, if Florida had to play a game, and they should have done the first. If Jim year. Harbaugh ever gets them in the playoff, and they had to come north or go to Happy Valley in a whiteout for the playoff, those are the things that are, are resonating for college football or casual viewers to come in and, and well watch a game in December. And, not, and they're like, no, we're just going to stick with the Fiesta Bowl and these neutral site games and the Peach Bowl. It's asinine. Not even to mention that. If Ohio State plays in the Big Ten Championship game and has one of the top four seeds, Ohio State fans would then have, if they want to travel to, to the playoff games, and we know how many Ohio State fans save up to travel to those playoff games. Right. It's a neutral site in Indy for the Big Ten Championship. It's a trip to the Fiesta Bowl for a semifinal. It's a trip to the Orange Bowl in a uh, semifinal. Sorry, the Fiesta Quarter, would be a quarterfinal. Quarter and then the final would be somewhere else across the country. Ohio State would play four straight games on a neutral site away from the horseshoe to win a national championship as one of the top four teams yeah, in the country. The that makes four. no sense. If you want to give home sites, that's fine. Five through eight should not be rewarded with a home game while one through four have to sit and then travel across the country to go play they, in the Coliseum. They should do top two. The first two rounds, both the opening round and then the quarterfinals, mm-hmm. should both be home sites. So, hey, you're five through eight, you get a home game. You know what? One through four, you get a bye and you get, and a, home you get a home game. game. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's the way it should be done because – you, you pointed it out there, Chives, like, you start doing the math. I mean, you're talking about families. I mean, that, to do three of those trips, you're in excess of $20,000 oh, now, mm-hmm. $25,000. Because like, they that's, jack up the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's three-night minimums, the cost of flying out there and all these things. And, you know, bowls, <laughs> they, they, you have no idea that it's, they're sitting in their ivory towers how much that impacts fans, which is what drives this whole deal. Yep. They're like, well, it's all about the TV money anyway. I'm like, that's true. But does anyone remember what it was like this year watching games that were half full? Like, I've watched Orange Bowls that are half full at normal times with decent teams because nobody really cared to go down there. No right. one wanted to go watch Virginia Tech play, mm-hmm. whoever it was. Like, and so there's no one in like, the stadium. And that's, it's, just a, it's a bad viewing experience on television when that's the case. Whereas putting a game in the horseshoe... Uh, that year at Alabama is not in the top four and they got to come up to Columbus to play. I mean... But it doesn't even that have to be, be them. Any of these, any SEC, pick one. Well, yeah, pick one. But if, if LSU has to come or Florida, or, I mean, coach, I know what that looks like because I watched Wisconsin beat LSU. Was it LSU that up year? In, up in uh, in Green? At Green no, Bay. no, no. That was early in the season. I oh, watched okay. Wisconsin. I think it was Miami. 
they played them in Orlando and it was like 40 degrees, 45 <laughs> degrees. These dudes were huddled up, freezing. The Wisconsin dudes have no, they don't even have sleeves oh, on. Oh, great. And they, they had no business winning that game, no business winning that bowl game, and they dominated them. And all they did was run power, lead, and they would run why shallow. That's all they did, play action, why shallow. And Miami's guys had no interest in playing. Yeah, they did not, not want to be hit at all. No. The, the best thing about the playoff proposal, and the one thing that like made it made me want this 12-team playoff was in 2020, just last season, Georgia – would have been the nine and had to go to Cincinnati to play great. at Nippert. Mm. At the Nip. <laughs> the Georgia well, Bulldogs hold going on, to Nippert Stadium. Hold on. You know that the selection committee would oh, not yeah. have allowed that to happen. But if you really look if you look at the rankings as they were, that matchup in Nippert would have just been the, nip. the coolest Big. thing in college football. And instead they're gonna make, you know, they're going to make the rankings how they want them to be. These five through eight are going to get these home games, and they're all going to be SEC teams or ACC teams or you know Pac-12 teams because Greg Sankey has the the playoff committee by the uh, by the horns, I guess. So it just it drives me nuts because the the sport could be so good, and they know how to fix it, and they just say no, we're not going to fix it. We're just going to keep. It's just like Jim Harbaugh. We're going to keep changing it, but not making progress. Yeah, yeah there were there was a solution. I think there were several solutions out there that could have appeased everybody and the one that they arrived at is just even if you're just looking at it from the Ohio State perspective we talked about yeah it's going to be easier for them to get in the playoff but all right well now they have to do other you know bring how are you going to bring that energy to <clears throat> the rivalry and it might sound crazy to guys who played in it but Ohio State players want to win a national championship and that game probably is not going to have that big of an impact on it and I know that that is a problem that's specific to Ohio State and I understand the argument that this brings you know, Iowa or, um, you know, Oregon, Oregon State, Arizona State, anybody who's in the top 16 that it brings their interest for their fan base. I get that, that it's more open and, and more opportunities to engage the entire country for the entire length of the season. But I don't see any way that this is actually going to change who wins the national championship. And I don't think that anyone's going to trick themselves into it. I was looking at the numbers and and talking to Tim May about this, like what would Spencer brings up the last year's rankings? Well, that five versus twelve game, in all likelihood, because Notre Dame wasn't a conference champion, would have been Notre Dame at home in South Bend against Coastal Carolina. We know what happened with Notre Dame when they came against a better opponent, and we know the Coastal Carolina is extremely, extremely unlikely to win four straight games mm-hmm. oh, yeah. against top flight competition. So tell me what the value of that game actually is in crowning a national champion. Well, I'm sure you could associate uh, a dollar amount to it with the TV contract, <laughs> which is really what we're trying to do here. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the value All of the national, care about, right? national champion, I mean, football is much different so, than basketball. So, but Bob, the, the, the release said it was opening up the postseason opportunities for more student-athletes. Because getting you in, in theory, now you have a chance. It's like... Uh, when, didn't say when, Lloyd, money, when, yeah. Lloyd, when Lloyd, Lloyd Christmas <laughs> says, what are the chances of a girl like you and a guy like me ending up together? About one in a million? So you're saying <laughs> there's, a chance. there's a chance. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly basically what we're getting at here. Yeah. Can Coastal Carolina, could they beat them once? Maybe. You know, could Cincinnati, could they have beaten Georgia? I think we proved last yeah, year they that could've. they were very well on the possibility to do that. Could they maybe win one more? Possibly. Yeah. Winning like three or four in a row? When you don't have the depth of talent and the number of players, there's going to be injuries. There'll be attrition through this now. This isn't like your typical, like, all right, it was the BCS championship. Everybody's healthy, plenty of time to get going. (laughs) 
Now it's two games. Okay, so you could have some injuries in that semifinal. You're talking about going four rounds of this? And this is after playing a full season and not really getting any break or reprieve to get guys healthy? You're going to see some attrition throughout some of these teams and it will affect teams at the bottom far more than it will impact teams at the Mm. top. And that's what we haven't talked about. You know, everybody wants to be about player safety in today's world. Ah. (laughs) You know what? We'll just go ahead and throw another four games on at the end of the year. It would be 17 games. I mean, but but it's it's insane. Here's the one thing I'll – if I have to listen to someone else pitch this argument argument to me again, where they're like, well, the FCS does it this way, and Division Two does it this way. I'm like, that's true. And they do, and they play 15 or 16 mm-hmm. games. I go, but the percentage of players that are playing in uh, FCS or Division Two that are going to be NFL players is very minimal. Mm-hmm. Of this 12 teams that make it in, especially like the top five for, or six, they're all coming from- you're talking probably 55 to 60% oh. of their rosters. And so these guys are now getting – their bodies beat down an NFL schedule against really elite players mm-hmm. now at the at the back end of their season when they're already tired yeah. and they're doing it all for free. I know we have the name, image, and likeness stuff, but they're not getting any of this TV revenue oh, or anything no. coming yeah. in. And now it's not Ohio State playing Rutgers. I mean, it'd be Ohio State playing, all right, you're going to play Bama, Clemson. Oh, and by the way, we're going to trickle into Notre Dame yeah. or someone like yeah. that in there. I mean, that's, that's NFL talent going against each other, and that wears the human body down. And the common thing that Joyce here is, well, they can cut the Akron game. You know, they, they could just cut that. That's a game that's, where you play like a quarter and a half anyway. Exactly, but that's not a game that's taxing on the body. It's a game it's like that, cutting out the preseason. Yeah. <laughs> it's a game. It's also a game that supports the entire oh, yeah. business model of the MAC or the Conference USA. So then you're alienating that part of college football and making Coach, them. I'm going to tell you this: they're more. never giving back. They're never giving back home games. I, that's what I. Yes, they're trying, not to get back more home games. they're trying to get more money, not all make of less. These, all of these arguments to say like, oh, there are things you can do to help player safety. Well, if you actually want to help player safety, you don't cut the Akron game. You cut either the conference championship game or you just keep oh, the oh, damn playoff oh. the way that TV. it should be at eight or four. Chives, we got a TV contract for that. Exactly. Okay. That's what it all comes to. Lucas Oil, we sell that thing <laughs> out. It. They love Ohio State coming there because everybody yeah. comes over. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Ohio State fans haven't gotten tired of it. No, and they won't. Yeah, Indy's a great city. It's fantastic. And when one Ohio State fan does get tired of a lot of things that are going on, another one will step another right up and take their place. Isn't the national championship in Indy this year? It is. There you go. I'm personally sick of going there, but uh, that's <laughs> oh, come a, on. that's another matter. And I get to go there Indy's for media sick, day. Indy's sick of you. Oh, media day next Sure week. they are, except that I keep all their breweries in business. It's key. <laughs> well, I mean, Somebody's got your it. liver likes it. It needs a break after a week of vacation, <laughs> and we need to take a break from this week's episode of Letterman Live. It's, as always, brought to you by Roosters. Come in tomorrow. Bob mac got, and cheese bites. Bob's mac got and cheese mac bites. and cheese bites ready. We didn't eat them all. We left some for tomorrow. Bring some for Schlegs down to the Buckeye Cruise. Ew, there right. you go. Coming hot. That's Spencer Holbrook, Justin Zwick, and Bobby Carpenter. I am just Austin Ward. We'll see you right back here next week for Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.